Welcome to Housing for Huntsvillians, the podcast, a podcast about one couple's quest to eliminate homelessness in Huntsville by August 2026. Thank you. So today we are joined by Joy Johnson. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you do a lot of things, but I came to know about you from the HSV Progressive podcast, which you host and... Which I rant on, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit, like, I would describe it as um, an engaged citizen uh, tries to hold power to account to some extent, right? Like, you go to city council meetings and county commission meetings and just kind of say, here's what's happening. Here are the questions I have. Um, Here are my thoughts on, on the goings on. How would you sum up your podcast? I well, I think that that is very, very fair uh, approximation. Um, at least of at least half of it, because right. about half the time I also have somebody on to interview to talk about the things that I don't understand or you know am passionate about or stuff like that. But yeah, I'm not a journalist by any means. So uh, at the best, you would be able to call me a citizen journalist, maybe. But I don't. I don't also don't have time. To do the research and and that kind of like all of that is about journalists. Uh, yeah, <laughs> most of the time they yeah. don't have time either. Yeah, and and uh, um and so yeah, I'm just there. I'm an observer. I'm observer. Um, I try. I've watched now for years. So presumably, you know, I have a, a sort of a, a a depth or breadth or something of experience, and understand a little bit about just the procedures and the you know how things happen but but no i i'm i'm just you're you're right i'm just a citizen who is watching and not very happy almost all the time (laughs) well if you're not angry you're not paying attention thank you that's what i say (laughs) and i appreciate that you're paying attention and i think I have many thoughts on the state of U.S. and local journalism. So anyone who can step up and fill in that gap, because it's rare now to have people who are not somehow directly profiting from whatever they're creating, weighing in on these issues. And I absolutely, it's everything is on my own dime. I am not uh, trying to monetize anything. Um and, and I also, you know, I'll happily own the fact that part of the reason that I do HSV Progressive is for my own sanity. Because I, I need to talk about what I see because it's driving me crazy. Oh, I I could not relate more deeply to that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um, we are looking for sponsors. If anyone has any desire to sponsor, <laughs> well, and, and and you know there might be, but you've listened. So I'm I tend to be you know sort of anti-capitalist. Right. <laughs> so so I mean there might be people who wanted to sponsor me, and I'd be happy to give them a spot on my show if I felt they were a really 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 good fit. Right. But I'm not waiting around for them. I sure. am not. Right. <laughs> no, I I think that that's smart. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard to profit from systems you're critiquing and if you can thread that needle great but it's it's hard to do but yeah so when did you start the podcast the, this is uh we're coming up on the end of the second year this uh, uh, yeah i started it at the beginning of um 2022 in january and what prompted the uh, well um i i as you also know i have a, a letter writing group um on facebook right mm-hmm 
Um, it, well, it, it is. I I have a, a group on Facebook, but it, it's a real live group of people oh, that's that we amazing. actually meet and write letters together and stuff like that. Um, and uh, 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 and that happened a, a long time ago. Now I can't even remember, maybe pushing a decade. Ago. Wow. Let me see. Sonata. Yeah, it's uh, it, it probably about twenty. 14 or 15 that I started that and um, that happened because um, I I was on the verge of giving up as I'm sure you are familiar with the feeling like I have no power I can't do anything I don't know what to do a da 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 and I was in an um, an, a, an online group um, and somebody said something about having a letter writing group and I was like I can do that. And so that's the thing I was doing. And so I'm, you know, I honestly just always looking for something to keep me hopeful or feeling like I can do something, you know. And, um, And I don't have money. And in this society, in this capitalist society, money is power. Right. There's no way you can't call it that way. And the only hope is this a huge popular movement. Huge popular movement has got to happen. And I, so I don't have, so I'm always just looking for what can I do. And, uh, and so, uh, um, you know, the, the um, 2016 election got a lot of people mm-hmm. out that were normally pretty sleepy, yeah. you know, and um so that got more people in my letter writing group. Um, it also, for momentarily, vitalized uh, to some extent the Green Party locally, and um, and and since feeling, and we had uh, the Tennessee Valley Progressive Alliance, and sort of feeling that there was people then knowing and coming through being in groups with them. Um, finding out that there were actually people that I could talk to and they would know what I was talking about, I think um, it kind of came naturally to understand that um, that I could talk on a podcast and maybe, and not, and it would be good for me to, like I felt when I had people to talk to, that that's good, but also uh, that I could be uh, help to people out there that that also, you know, needed some validation. There are other people thinking differently you know yeah Yeah. totally so the name of the like people should get connected to the letter writer group through facebook yeah facebook's the best way and it's called huntsville progressive letter writers yep it is all right so look that up join um yeah i mean i think you're right i think uh there's a lot against good policy but the i think it is very powerful when people take the time to uh, write the representatives. I think the representatives and their staffs pay attention. Um, uh, I think it matters. I, um, I don't get me wrong. I still uh, sign petitions online and send emails. And when you know when my organizations like Code Pink and sure. and stuff like that, I still do all of that, which they say is you know sort of maybe ignored because you know it's just this mass thing. I still do that. Um, I uh, I do. I do a little bit less actual letter writing now 
because I'm afraid that when people get a letter now, they think it's just from some old person because only old people write letters. But I send a lot of postcards. That seems like a middle ground between an email and a letter. And the other great thing about postcards is, too, anybody whose hand it gets into, they can read it. Yeah, no, it's true. You yeah, know? I like it. I mean, I think, unfortunately, we have a bit of a gerontocracy in the U.S., so I don't know that you would be discriminated against <laughs> when it comes to being perceived as older. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, that's interesting. I think I'm interested in, so you grew up in Huntsville. Well, I moved here in the 70s. Oh, okay. yes. So I've uh, been here longer than a lot of people who, have, yeah. who did grow up here, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I was actually uh, born in Florida. Okay. Um, then from Florida, we moved to North Dakota where um, I think my stepfather was working on the missile silos. Okay. <laughs> and then from North Dakota, we moved to Saudi Arabia. Wow. Um, from Saudi Arabia, I moved to uh, the UK to go to school for a little while. And then I moved to Huntsville. Wow. And other than leaving for my first undergraduate degree to go to Georgia to get that, um, and also for about nine months, uh, when I lived with a boyfriend in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> I've been in Huntsville. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, for the longest time, I had no idea why I was here. I got no roots. My mom was here for a long time, but then she went back to Florida where she was from. And I don't, and I was like, well, I'm just waiting to figure out where I'm supposed to be. And uh, uh, when I moved into the house that I live in now, I suddenly, at some point, suddenly, I was like, oh, I have, I have a little parcel of land that I'm responsible for. Hmm. And I feel very, like, uh, uh, responsible for it. You know, and I'm doing things for biodiverse habitat and all that kind of stuff. And a, a garden and la, 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 la. That, that. So that finally got me to feeling like, oh, I do belong here. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> and I only moved into that house maybe about 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I, I feel like you, I've heard about your degrees. How many degrees do you have? I've wondered this for a while. Well, let's start with I'm a high school dropout. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a high school degree, okay. but I have four degrees. Okay. Tell, what are they? Oh, okay. <laughs> the first one is a uh, Bachelor of Arts in French. Okay. Then uh, after being out on the workforce for about 10 years, I went back to school and I got a Bachelor of Science in Physics, mm. followed with a Master's of Science in Physics followed by a Master of Science in Applied Mathematics. Wow. All three of those science degrees I got right here at UAH. Wonderful. Wow. Um, and did you have a day job? I know. I, I, I've had lots of day jobs. <laughs> um, none of them paid well. But, the, you know, with all that science, I could have gone to work here in town for the defense industry. Right, right. But I, I pledged to never do yeah. that. Um, I am currently now working for myself, uh, tutoring mathematics. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the defense thing is super interesting. I never really thought about or realized how 
defense centric and just raw raw military Huntsville was until I moved away and came back and really not visiting I had to move back and then I was like wow this is striking yep I and and uh, you know and I let's uh, understand this that as much as I say I don't work for the defense industry I've never worked for the defense industry if you live in Huntsville and you are getting paid in Huntsville you are getting defense money yeah for sure you know let's not fool ourselves and, you know, Raytheon, if you want to support the pod, we'll take your money. <laughs> um, well, gosh, you know, but imagine this instead. What if a percentage of the federal money that Raytheon gets was given to you to make housing for Huntsvillians? I think it would do more for the safety of the average person than uh, as how it's being spent, but just, that's just my opinion. Just this morning on the Peace Corner, I was making the point that we all do better when we all do better. Absolutely. For sure. So I, one thing I really admire about you um, is that you have a hyper-local focus. But yeah, pretty much, yeah. And I think that, I mean, my first three decades of being interested in politics, it was all on the national level. Like, I kind of paid attention to Alabama. I didn't pay any attention to Huntsville uh, or D.C., I guess it was really when I moved to San Francisco that I got into local politics. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved back, I was like, right, well, in, the, in San Francisco, I think you have more of a sense of uh, in a big city like that, of the power of things like the yeah. city council and things like that. Whereas in Huntsville, they're kind of invisible. Yeah, I think like, especially with San Francisco, in a lot of ways, as goes San Francisco, goes the rest of the country at least in terms of growing cities eventually you're something like that yeah um so i think that I, and but mostly i was just really interested in housing and sf was just ground zero for the housing crisis and housing is something that is fought about 99 percent at the local level so but yeah unfortunately <laughs> i mean there's nothing keeping us from doing better at 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 the higher levels than the local but yeah yeah, and I think it's a really interesting situation where I think both Republicans and Democrats or the left and the right is like kind of right on aspects of it, um, especially when it comes to the question of should it be regulated at the local level, how local. So I think a lot of the left really wants community engagement and, you know, direct democracy and, um, you know, quote unquote process. Uh-huh. And more local control. Uh-huh. But with land use, oh. what you find is that, and actually a lot of issues, when you actually have direct democracy and deliberative democracy and community input, it tends to be overwhelmingly beneficial to the people who have the time and energy to show up and participate, which is oh. generally older, wealthier, whiter residents. No, I mean, you can go, uh, and I have done, uh, sit outside of city uh, of City Hall on a weekday and you'll see who goes in and out of that building. Yes. Right. Those are the, this is why it's sort of hilarious to me when it, uh, when Jenny Robinson says, I don't know why people come to City Council and then they have to stand up and they make their, you know, public statement about this, that, and the other thing. And when it's just not the appropriate place, when it could be taking care of you coming to my office and talking to me about it. And it's like, 
all you're saying when you say that is you don't want the rest of the public to know about it, that we have a gripe. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and how I've watched the people go in and have City Hall. How much cloud am I going to have? Compared to those people right. going to see you in your office. Well, it's especially galling since now maybe Jenny operates differently. I do not know. But my representative is John Meredith. And seven days ago today, I... No, wait. This is Saturday. So eight days ago today, I filled out the form on his website to get a meeting with him. Oh. And then I followed up via email on Monday or Tuesday. I've, n- I've heard nothing. Yeah. So... Well, I know that feeling because I've sent them lots of letters. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, and it, even when I do get a response, like the mayor used to be pretty good about sending a card when you send him a letter about something. I get, you know, like I sent him one I, uh, um, saying, we Huntsville really needs to think about getting out of the defense business. It's nothing but killing people. Uh, you know, maybe we could, you could invest in other, you know, industries. And he wrote me back. That's why we're getting Facebook here and Toyota and stuff like that. Well, okay, but he does nothing but get up on his bully pulpit or whatever and talk about how much the defense money and the da 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 yeah. and all that, you know. So it was just lip service. Well, I do think, one, I've heard from everyone I've talked to has said that he's been surprisingly responsive, at least in terms of hearing them out and responding. Maybe he doesn't do what they want them to do, but he does hear them out. So I got to give him credit there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I will say especially coming from San Francisco where it's like business is a dirty word. I think Tommy's done a great job of trying to grow the economy, trying to diversify the economy, bring jobs in, be... It's tough because like I feel like the word business friendly has come to be synonymous with like handouts to existing businesses. Um, and that Which may or may not be happening. I don't it know. It is happening. I'm here. sure. Yeah. I didn't want to... I mean, I don't want to be cynical. Um, but... But yeah, versus San Francisco, which is like openly hostile to business, like that's a rough way to operate as well and has many problems with it too, so. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, we definitely have attracted a lot of business. I think a large part of the reason that we attract a a business here is because our our labor laws in this state keep our labor really cheap, which is unfortunate and an unfortunate reason, honestly. Um, but it, we're also not planning properly for all this business we're attracting, <laughs> you know, for housing and, 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 and the future and resilience and sustainability and all of that kind of good stuff. Yeah. The way that the growth has occurred is drives me crazy. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that like, I love about speaking to people on the left in Huntsville is that when you say, okay. We are bringing in all these jobs, which means we're bringing in all these people. And statistically speaking, they tend to be higher income people than the people who already live here. So if you don't build a new unit of housing for every person or family who comes in, what do you think happens? The lower income people get displaced into homelessness or the exurbs and the higher income people get that unit of housing. 
And so obviously we need to build more homes for these people who are coming in. And when I talk to progressives, they're like, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And it's like, yeah, of course. So that's been really and And really it's, nice. the housing for lower income people does not need to be out in the county. No. Because those, never mind talking about the burning of fossil fuels unnecessarily right. and gas and cars and right. cars and cars. Um, which, as my listeners on my podcast know, my uh, first in- thing that I talk about is environment. Right. Um, never mind that. Uh, you know, if you're a low-income person and you're way out in the, if where, however far out you have to live in order to find a place to live, you're also somebody uh, who's a, a, not only precarious in your earnings, mm-hmm. but you just got made more precarious because you're completely dependent on having a car right. that functions. And the minute you don't have a car that functions, you lose your job. Right. And then the next minute you lose your housing. Right. And you're not going to stay living out there because there's nobody to see you or help you out there. And you're going to catch a ride into Huntsville. And our homelessness problem is growing. Absolutely. And I think it's really difficult for people who did not either grow up in precarity or have not been close to people who have experienced precarity to, I mean, even though I have, it's still difficult for me to wrap my head around all the ways that our society is set up to make life precarious. Right. Yeah. So one wrong move sets yes. off a chain of events, and there's no safety net at the bottom to catch people who start sliding down. Um, that's uh, really I, scary. I, and and um, I've noticed since the 2008-9 crash that there's just less money out here. Period. Interesting. Um, to to me, there's just less money out here. And then and then everything's more expensive. You know. Right. Now right. and um. So, uh, yeah. And the reason there's less money is because that whole crash concentrated wealth upwards, you know. And that's what I'm trying to get people to understand. And I feel like people on the left at least have a fundamental uh, ideological standpoint against, hey, let's not set up systems that either in design or but at least in execution transfer wealth upwards yeah we can kind of be over that (laughs) (laughs) and using housing as a a tool for wealth accumulation is a transfer of wealth upwards housing cannot be a perfectly safe and i don't even like to use the word investment because investment indicates risk housing wealth in this country is risk-free because our laws ensure that housing becomes more Uh, expensive as time progresses if a city grows and so it's a it's a transfer of wealth it's not it's not an investment because there's no risk to it Mm -hmm. and so it gives wealth to people who happen to buy in a growing city at a good time and takes wealth from everybody who would want to live there or who has lived there for generations but who rents Um, and so considering that the people who tend to be homeowners in fast-growing cities tend to already be the wealthier people in any particular city. It's just totally unconscionable that we would think like, well, we can't do anything that would, you know, not even decrease, but just like stop the growth or slow the growth of property values. Housing cannot be 
a source of wealth and broadly affordable at the same time. Yeah. That is not possible. Well, um, I don't, this, uh, and I've complained about this many times, The this uh, constant, my property values. Oh my God, focus. right? It just drives me insane. Whereas you heard me talk about my house. Right. My house is a place that I live. Right. You know, and what a concept. Not, not just me, but as many other creatures as I can give habitat to, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's my soul, you know, it's, it's, I'm not joking about this. And by the way, it's not risk-free because I figured that house is probably going to fall down around my ears when I die. You know, I'm just going to be dead underneath the rubble because <laughs> it's expensive yeah. to keep. And not only is that, but of course my property value has gone up. So my taxes are more expensive. Don't you know, so, on that. yeah. So, um, uh, it, 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 which is another way to drive me out. Absolutely. So, so that somebody and believe me, I get at least one uh, missive a week about, do you want to sell your property? Interesting. At least, huh? Yeah. Also, I have the same phone number as some guy named Philip who apparently owns some land out in Madison County, <laughs> and I get texts at least one a week. How much do you want to sell your property for? <laughs> and I send a text back going out. Well, I was thinking about seven million, and I block the number. You know. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll get a, an offer for seven million. Yeah. Well, or Philip will. I yeah. don't. You know? <laughs> I know. I so I bought in uh, March 2022, March of last year, mm-hmm. and I hope I I hope rents fall below. I hope average rents for a one bedroom fall below my mortgage. That would be amazing. I would love that. Will it cost me some money? Sure, whatever. But it doesn't cost me any money. I'm going to pay the same amount for well, my mortgage, regardless of what average rents do. Uh-huh. But it, we, housing is the largest expense for the average family. Yep. If you can lower the, what we're paying for that, it benefits everyone like immediately and, and intensely. Uh, well, and I love the ideas that because, you know, like I said, environmental issues are my number one thing. And I have lots of ideas about biodiversity and trees and saving the trees or yeah. or restoring habitat or all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, not mowing and <laughs> things like that. Um, and and uh, uh, you have a lot more. I mean, I, I'm like talk all the time about homelessness and we need to do something about it. But I don't have a lot of ideas. Um, I, I'm just like I'm not an urban planner. I, now, I have listened to an excellent podcast that I don't know if you've listened to, but I highly recommend it to you and your listeners. It was it was called Cities After. Okay. And um, it just full of ideas about how we could be doing cities differently. Just full of them. Um, and I just enjoyed that podcast to death. It was, uh, it's come and gone, you know, it's it had a, a short, I don't know, maybe 12 episodes or uh, something like that. Um, but I like, uh, I love your idea of, uh, of changing, uh, uh, of being allowed to have boarding houses. Totally. How ridiculous is it that we can't do that when so much of this country was built by people living in boarding houses. Absolutely. What has gotten in up our other end that has gotten us so uh, 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 primeful that we can't uh, live together and share a bathroom? 
you know? Well, I think it's two things. I And this is where it's like the brain rot of the left and right both screw progress. Uh-huh. So on the right, obviously vastly oversimplifying, but it's like we don't want to live near um, people who would choose to live in a boarding house because they're likely to be lower income and less white than the people we want to live near. So we're going to ban and we think it would decrease our property values to have a boarding house in our neighborhood. So we're just going to ban boarding houses. And then they appeal but to the we left. we want to hire those people to do everything for us. No, but they can just commute an hour. Um, and then on the left, it's, oh, you want to legalize slums. Like, you don't want <clears throat> to make sure. Be- Sorry. <clears throat> on the left, it's more like, oh, you, you want poor people to live in boarding houses instead of in single family homes. And it's like, well, I don't want them to live in tents. And I think we should legalize something between a tent and the kind of housing that is legal to build right now. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, maybe something in between would be okay. I don't know. Um, So it's, yeah, it's super frustrating. It's nutty. It's nutty. And And, uh, I was talking um, just a little while ago with this whole thing, the the zoning laws that we have that don't allow people to build a mother-in-law. Right. thing in their backyard yeah um adus accessory dwelling units yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> um and and uh, and you know their argument is to a large extent that uh, too many cars right parking i would like drive by any house and everybody's got like four cars you know how about you take care of like not how about we get some public transportation yeah, right and put those kids on buses right. while the, instead of getting every child who turns 15 a car you know, okay, I yeah, I'm going to calm down. <laughs> and this is where, like, I'm very excited about coalition building because, you know, it's all necessary to make a difference. You need dense housing and you need transit and you need walkability and you need bicycle trails and you need all this together. And none of it works as well by itself. If you, you cannot really do transit plus sprawl, it's not efficient. Yep. Um, you don't get the benefits of density if you don't have those transit alternatives. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. I think there's a long way to go. But, um, but yeah, I was curious about just going back to like broader Huntsville City Council. Like, mm-hmm. what have you? I kind of want to ask you in terms of like who do you like and why, um, but you can also you know speak in terms of like what policies you've heard um, maybe in the past year that you've liked and some that you thought were really messed up or maybe. Well, you know, mostly I think they're. I think that it's very depressing to pay attention <laughs> because yeah. they seem to be a bunch of people who are dead set on doing things the way they've always been done Mm -hmm. status quo Mm -hmm. and that just keeping the status quo and pretending like nothing needs to change Mm -hmm. is is like makes them happy you know and um uh, clearly the world is changing right you know uh and we need some frank conversation and some change to handle it um uh, i will say that you know they're doing a mixed development over there by low mill and the very fact that they will say it's a mixed development at a city council meeting and stick to their guns about it this is go this is a planned mixed development i appreciate just the fact that they have said that like it's a real thing worth considering that much i will say 
Also, last uh, city council meeting, when uh, when Tommy Battle was complaining that John Meredith was uh, 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 trying to finance something and not, you know, and it hadn't been in the budget, and it wasn't in the budget, and da 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 da, and and then uh, John Meredith turned and said, "You just promised in your state of the city address that we were going to have a a." a, a um, of a music festival next year, and that we never asked us about putting that in the budget. I appreciated that he, you know, yeah. sp- spoke back, you know, talked yeah. back to him. Yeah, he was livid, frankly, huh. and then called a recess. Wow. <laughs> okay. Spicy. Yeah. Drums at the city council meeting. <laughs> a little bit. Love it. We've been missing out. I didn't realize they got that excited. Oh, yeah. Well, meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I need to start going more often. We, I think they changed their when they held them, but now we're when we've been holding our happy hours for Huntsville New Liberals conflicts mm-hmm. with the city council meetings. Uh-oh, so yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to change that. But yeah, it's an easy way to get involved. Just show up, and uh, I have never spoken yet. I've been to two. I've been in person to one, and I've watched a few online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wanna, I wanna. I mean, right now, I wanna talk about John Meredith has a plan to. Um, build affordable housing in District Five, which I I what I noticed recently is that he posted on Facebook something about how they they uh, you know the they were it was growing and mm-hmm. they didn't have enough schools mm-hmm. and 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 all of that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. and he had it you know set so that nobody could comment yeah, on it. I saw that. <laughs> so I copied it and commented that well you know the first thing to address is your problem with sprawl you know right how about that right and then maybe you would you know maybe you wouldn't have that problem with uh, affordable housing you know and all of that kind of good stuff but like I said they seem to be wedded to the status quo and not considering doing anything differently. Yeah. And I think that's one thing about politics or I don't know, being an elected representative is you don't often get heat when things are status quo and they go poorly. Uh, But if you try something new and it goes poorly, often that will create problems for you. I think this is more true of like a bureaucrat than an elected. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to understand their motivations. Like why are we allowing these problems uh, to continue? I, more power to you for actually giving them so, some credit for having a motivation other than <laughs> other than <laughs> corruption, you know. Yeah, I was really curious about, thanks for bringing that up, um, I noticed in one of your podcast episodes you referred to as Huntsville as you referred to Huntsville as a city by and for developers. Tell me more about that. Well, like for example, this last week's city council meeting, I got there a little early, sitting in the back, and there were a couple of guys sitting, uh, uh, you know, a little bit over from me, and I got to overhear them. One thing that you'll notice if you go very often is that a lot of people that are there all know, you know, know each other and, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm city councilman and they come over and hug each other and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I I can't remember who these two guys were talking to, but somebody came up and said, oh, what are you guys doing here? And um, and they they said, well, we have uh, we have something that uh, we have up for to be annexed. And uh, and and then it was like, well, do you think that something's going to go wrong? And he's like, 
hopefully it won't even be discussed, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then a little bit later, I heard who they were, and they were it was a developer name, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's who knows every. Those are the suits going in and out, right, all the time, right. That's who knows everybody. Okay. I know you have a little bit more faith in developers than I do. I wouldn't say I have more faith in developers. I think what I would say is that I am more, I'm the type of person who tries to not hate the player, hate the game, to create systems of incentives that make it easy for people to do the right thing and harder for them to do the wrong thing. And so to me, I got really, really frustrated in San Francisco because there's so much hate for developers. And it's almost like, People hated developers more than they loved the people who benefit from dense, affordable housing because, like, you know, like it or not, the this is a thing that people need and these are people that provide that thing. Yeah. So how do we create systems that get them to do it in the most efficacious, fair way? And so... One thing that I noticed, and I, I'm trying to understand, I literally emailed the city and was like, is our permitting process for multifamily housing by right or uh, do we have discretionary review? So by right permitting means if your project meets all building and zoning codes, you get a permit. Um, discretionary re- review means there's more process in, or there can be more process involved. I didn't get an answer. It's like, this is the most like yes or no straightforward question I can imagine. And I didn't get an answer. I thought that was really weird. So I don't know yet, but it looks like if your project does meet all criteria, it is the city does not have the authority to, and no one else has the authority to um, hold it up. However, it seems to be, well, we know that only 15% of um, Huntsville is zoned for uh, multifamily housing. Mm-hmm. So what happens is every m- most of these multifamily projects are on p- parcels that were zoned for something else, commercial or single mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And so the the discretionary review is in do we rezone this land? Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say. Uh, the the there's it, it may look like there's not a lot of discretionary review, but you've got to get through the uh, board of zoning adjustment. You got to get through the subdivisions board. You got to get through planning, and then by the time you get through all of those things, it goes to city council. And by the time it goes to city council, most of that stuff just gets passed. So the process of 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 addressing it is really in the earlier boards. Okay. And the people who sit on planning are developers and real estate agents. Yes. And. That this look, this is the Huntsville we're getting from that planning. Right. And listen, I don't know anything about the situation and, you know, absolutely far be it for me. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I want to be very straightforward about that. What I will say is in San Francisco, we have a discretionary review process for all multifamily housing. And in San Francisco, so the, could you what? So what's the what does the what's that? What's that extra thing? Because I don't know what that is. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's complicated. Basically, it's if any entity can gum up the works 
like can prevent you from getting a permit even if your if your project meets all zoning and uh-huh. building code requirements uh-huh. so in a in a city that gives permits out by right as in if your project meets requirements you have a right to a permit mm-hmm. so you're just going to get a permit mm-hmm. a discretionary review process could be planning has to approve it or it could be uh, any neighbor can um this is what's true in San Francisco. Any neighbor, I think it costs like $500 and they can uh, require you to have a meeting to offer community. So the neighbors can come together and offer community input on the mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. And so like in San Francisco, the the discretionary review process. Um, and so this can be like, we have to have a community review of the environmental impact report and like yada yada. You can file lawsuits against the project. This process adds a million dollars on average to um, each housing project, which then obviously gets factored into the units. So then the eventual renters are paying for this process Mm -hmm. that the developers are having to go through. Mm -hmm. So it artificially raises the cost of housing. It also makes it unprofitable for developers to build lower cost housing because this review process costs the same amount regardless of how nice the units are or how many there are. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all that. But um, so, yeah, uh, in San Francisco, this process was so long and complicated and expensive that there was a class of worker called a permit expediter. Yeah. Which would do what you mm-hmm. would assume. Mm-hmm. And that system was so corrupt that the, I think he was like the head guy of the permitting process, Muhammad Nuru, went to prison for corruption because he was found to be actually corrupt. And so that's what can happen. But the more important thing is this these kinds of processes create opportunities for even if it's not corruption just deal making and favoritism and and again this process adds nothing to the housing that gets built it adds costs only um it favors the people who are better connected it favors the people who already have power so i think we really need to look at like is this process ideal for the goals that we have as a community and i don't think it is i think it would make way more sense to zone all of huntsville for multifamily and then give builders permits by right um just to end the bureaucracy at best and possible deal making at worst. <laughs> well that now that i yeah let's just uh, let's just get rid of i know <laughs> People are cringing. Uh, single, the whole residence 1A and residence 1B or whatever the heck those guys are. Let, you, let's allow people to build more densely. Yeah, for uh, sure. In any way that they want to. Absolutely. Um, um, and 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 it seems to me also, even if we did, did have this permitting process or by review or whatever you were calling it by right by uh, uh, not the by right but the oh but discretionary, the, the discretionary review. review one um the, the the added cost would uh at the very least want you to build more dense housing so that you could sell it or rent it to more people to recoup your costs you know totally, totally. 
Um, let's take a quick break for a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so we're back, but I think we, uh, we've, we've kept you a long time. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time, Joy. Um, want to make a plug again for HSV Progressive Podcast, um, Citizen Journalism, Responsible governance, <laughs> evidence-based policy, <laughs> um, all or those things. Bitching, well, you know, and, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and all all of the above. Yeah. Um, and so you you publish weekly. Yes, I do. Um, I'm not as uh, uh, rigorous as you guys about when exactly it comes <laughs> out, because uh, I just I work a lot sure. in order to keep my house from falling down around my ears. That's good. Um, and. Uh, uh, so I, yeah, it comes out once uh, I'm on, let's see, this is week, this is Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. So this is still week 39 of the year. And I will re be recording pod episode 39 tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm pretty close to once a week. That's awesome. <laughs> Last year, um, I, with COVID, I got COVID in August, and mm. it was just very difficult. I'm sorry, and I only sorry got about, about forty some odd episodes out last year. But I'm bound and determined this year to get at least fifty two episodes out. And it. like I was saying, I I want to uh, I'm also put this episode over on my show as a bonus episode. Thank you. So that people will also maybe hopefully look up housing for Huntsvillians. And you gave us that shout out in your in your recent Very episode. Thank you so much. That was so kind of you. Well, I'm 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 just glad to have some help. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know? Um yeah, and so you are also help organize Green Thinks. Yes, Green Thinks. Which which is the Huntsville Environmental Coalition's basically happy hour. Yes. And and it, uh um it certainly is not limited to Huntsville Environmental Coalition, but the idea is indeed uh, that we talk about environmental mm -hmm. concerns. We, I have a time, it's the uh, generous listeners, hello kitten. <laughs> um, it's the uh, third Wednesday of the month. Um, and if you're interested in hearing about it, you probably need to reach me through Huntsville Progressive Letter Writers on Facebook, and I'll put you on the email list for that. We have a tiny presentation because uh, uh, I don't want it to be a big production or anything like that, just as a conversation starter. And it will be a, about environmental issues, generally speaking, which housing is an environmental issue. They're all go together. Yes. You know, that's why as much as I'm an environmentalist, I can't help but talk about economic justice, social justice, housing justice, y you know, all of it. I love you too, kitten. You guys have nice cats. They are very uh, social. They're, they're, they're outgoing. Very well. <laughs> yes. Very outgoing. So catch Joy's podcast. Catch us at Green Things. Um, anywhere else people can catch you? Well, uh, there is my letter writing group. Letter writing group. Uh, and if you which, need a math tutor. <laughs> well, if you need a math tutor, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, but I only do high school and up. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not good with little kids. <laughs> I was going to say, is it the math or the, or the people? Because I need it's help both. with like middle school math. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of both, honestly. Um, uh, I, 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 I do it because I love math. 
way more than because I love kids. There are a lot of people in education who are in education because they love kids. I am not in education because I love kids. I don't really get kids. (laughs) I didn't get kids when I was a kid, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten kids. And then, and then I do have a, because I'm constantly doing like upper level stuff, it's a, it's a really hard for me to shift gears to yeah. pre-algebra stuff for sure. and understand and remain patient and able to go, oh, let me explain why right. when you subtract numbers, this is what you're doing. Right, right. I, uh, I, I can't say. just thinking about trying to be patient while I'm doing that. It just wants to make me. Uh. It sounds like if you're doing high school and above, yeah, it would be way more interesting forms of math too. Cause like you're going to get more complex issues. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's I'm generally just more satisfied. And yeah. And I, uh, the thing that's, um, uh, that's great about mathematics is uh, the problem solving techniques. What you have to learn to do with your brain to solve problems. Um, uh, um, it, it, there's some really interesting stuff if you pay attention and watch it long enough that your brain is doing when it f- finds a problem that it needs to solve. And especially if you don't like, oh, there's a problem and I shut down. Well, you're learning in math how to not shut down when a problem is in front of you, how to not throw your pencil down and run out of the room. What do you do? And I think these are really important skills for good citizens. Totally. You know, so I'm really, uh, I love mathematics. I, there's, there's uh, you know, things that happen that just make me happy, you know, and, I, and give me buzzed for like, I have some realization that probably every other mathematician in the world already had, you know, many <laughs> years ago. But it, it just gets me buzzed for a good week, you know. Um, but I'm really much more interested in that brain, learning how to use your brain in a sophisticated way, yeah. you know, to face problems and and uh, and patience and, you know, good stuff like that. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, uh, I'll have to take your word for it. I, I have experience with solving problems. Yes, Math yes. problems less so. Yeah, and I, I'm not, math is not the only way right, you right, get this. Right, Absolutely, but it is definitely a good opportunity. For sure. To start learning how to do some of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. It was so nice to let know we're just getting to know you. Uh, well, you're very sweet. And, um, you know, maybe soon you guys will come on my podcast and tell me what you're up to. Huh? Anytime, anytime. Goody, good, good. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will see you next week.